On October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted 95 big questions which he believed faced the church of his day to a local church door in Wittenberg, Germany. 500 years later, I decided to post 95 new questions, one a week, to the web, questions which I believe the church must face in the 21st century. Preachers often act as though their opinions about the Bible are beyond question. Their pulpits or stages are metaphorically as well as literally six feet above all contradiction. But if this was ever true, it's not now. Why? Because the Apostle Paul's writing, which we've begun to explore over the last few weeks, just like the rest of the Bible, is not the private property of the church. Paul is studied around the world by historians and philosophers, archaeologists and political analysts, sociologists and anthropologists, linguists and strategists, and many others, as well as by theologians. More than that, this conversation is cross-pollinating, always advancing, and in the case of the archaeologists, literally digging up new understanding with each passing year. That's why our knowledge of the meaning of the New Testament is growing constantly. Just for instance, did you know that back, right back in 1896, a team from Oxford University, a team of archaeologists, made an extraordinary find in a long buried Egyptian city. They discovered an ancient rubbish dump filled with over half a million documents. Now most are bills and letters, tax assessments, invoices and stuff like that, but about 10% are fragments of literary works from Homer and various other classical Greek writers or documents related to the New Testament. What's more, more than a century after their discovery, thousands of these documents have yet to receive any proper scholarly attention. There are just so many of them and not enough scholars to go round. What new light will they shed on our understanding of the New Testament, on Paul's world and words? Old-time preachers could get away with yanking a couple of verses out of Paul's overall thought, or anyone else's for that matter, and then spinning them as a prop to support their own pre-developed ideas. But we've got a name for that now. We call it fake news. Whatever some preachers have to say about it, the church just does not have a monopoly on the interpretation of Paul's thought and its meaning, which means that the game's up. Those who over-literalised and then weaponised parts of the Bible to use on anyone that they disapproved of just can't get away with it anymore. There's a big word that serious biblical scholars use to help us deal with all of this, hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the theory of literary interpretation. So rather than ask what does this Bible passage, verse or story mean for me, hermeneutics insists that the first question always has to be what did it mean for its original audience, its initial hearers, its first readers? And to find the answer to that, we have to engage with questions about the wider culture in which any passage sits. So, what was going on in the cities to which Paul wrote his letters? What was happening in civic life? 
What was concerning the people who lived there? What were their hopes and their aspirations? And of course, what was going on in Paul's life? What was making him tick? It's only as we grapple with these questions that we can possibly understand what the Apostle was saying to his original hearers. And there's a second hermeneutical principle that's also often ignored. Paul's letters were what we call occasional. Each and every one of them was written to a particular audience on a particular occasion because Paul has something important to say to them or because they've contacted him with a specific problem that they're facing. This means that he often says different things to different churches at different times. So, to take a specific point that he makes to a particular church and then try to turn it into a universal principle applicable at all times, in all places, to all people, is to make a dangerous error, no matter how many preachers endorse it. We have to learn to read the Apostles' words with more maturity, to do the hard work of getting into his world and allowing him to challenge us. I think that the big mistake that Luther, Calvin and those other 16th century Protestant reformers made was that they failed to recognise that Paul was not one of them. He thought differently to them. But in our generation, what we all, including me, have to be very careful not to do is turn Paul into one of us, a 21st century postmodern thinker. Paul, as we've discovered over the last few weeks, was what was known as a first century second temple Jewish thinker. It takes huge discipline, but it's our task to enter Paul's world and cultural understanding instead of trying to push him into ours. Whenever we fail to do this, we appoint ourselves as ventriloquists and turn him into nothing more than our dummy. Because we know the stories of the pain caused and the, the abuse inflicted on so many by the misreading of Paul's words through the centuries, we have to learn to do better. We can't simply carry on reading our own pre-existing theology back into the Bible and then claiming its authority for it. Bad theology costs lives, relationships, health and well-being. The pastoral errors we make based on our poor hermeneutics, to use that big long word again, are very costly, usually for someone else. I believe that if we really respect the Bible, we've got to work a lot harder at reading it well, and that's only going to happen through a deeper level of open, honest, and intentional inquiry and questioning. So what do you think? Do you think that it's true that bad theology costs lives? And if so, what do you think are the best ways of learning how to do better life-giving theology? I'll see you next week. Have we misunderstood the Apostle Paul badly? Have we made the mistake of reading his words through our own set of assumptions? Instead, should we begin with Paul's worldview to see things the way he saw them? For instance, what if the idea that we're saved by our faith in Christ is based on a giant misunderstanding, a mistranslation of Paul's words and thinking? In my new book, 
the lost message of Paul, I issue a challenge to grapple with the task of understanding the words of Paul through his culture rather than imposing our modern Western ideas on him. It's released on the 21st of June and you can pre-order it now through the link below.